0: Hello there. Welcome to Unmitigated Bounders.
1: You Unmitigated Bounders. I'm Pete. And I'm Fred, as usual.
0: So you're still Fred?
1: I am today, yes.
0: Okay. Uh, Fred, how are you?
1: Not bad, thanks. Uh, it's It's a big one we're discussing today.
0: Getting saucy already? Go on, tell me about your huge, big one.
1: Huge, a huge film.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a, it's a throbbing entity of a film.
1: It is. It's a huge throbbing <laughs> entity, and that film is Confessions of a Window Cleaner.
0: You know, as soon as you say Confessions of a Window Cleaner, this is no lie. All I hear is the da 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 D- do you know the 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 d- the d- opening d- yeah. the opening notes? Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. So. Confessions of a Window Cleaner, excellent. I'm excited for this one, Fred. I think um, last episode you you very cleverly um, made the case for 1973 in the context of you know everybody thinks that you know Confessions of a Window Cleaner in 1974 was the the birth of the sex comedy, and actually things were bubbling away in 1973, but then I would say there was a there was a big bang in 1974 with Confessions of a Window Cleaner. So just a bit of context there, and I think we've sort of come come full circle.
1: Indeed, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, some may say it's it's probably the greatest of the 70s sex comedies. Um, some even say it's better than Carry On Emmanuel, but, you know, I'm not sure I'm yeah. ready to go down that route yet.
0: <laughs> you wouldn't subscribe to that. Um, I, I heard a controversial statement about Carry On Emmanuel the other day from... Uh, Robert Ross, the carry-on expert. The carry-on uh, expert, yes. And he, yes, he, he, in reply to a comment from me, he said, in his view, and he said, apologies if this upsets you, carry-on Emmanuel is the only sex comedy that is both sexy and comedic. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, you know, I, I agree that it's sexy and, and funny, but anyway, we've got off-piste already. Um, So, well... Confessions of a window cleaner is synonymous with the genre isn't it it's 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 an iconic film and it's an iconic title and you know if in in terms of rip-offs and in terms of spoofs this is the title that people come this is the title that makes people smile this is the if 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 people don't know anything about these these films like in terms of the subsequent films and and the rip-offs etc but when you say you know, people will. When I tell people I'm into these films, they'll say, "Oh, um, the, the the there's a there's a, a misconception or a misperception. I'm not sure what the correct word is. Um, that English degree wasn't much use. <laughs> um, that all of these films are somehow part of the same series. So, people, you know, when when you talk about the rip-offs, adventures of secrets of etc. etc. There's a misconception that they're kind of by people who don't really know what they're on about, that they're all just one big thing, and that comes back to confessions of a window cleaner. That's, it's um, yeah. You mentioned so.
1: secrets there, so obviously the year before there was the secrets of a door to door salesman, which uh, you know, probably a sim, not similar plot, but the idea is very similar there, isn't
0: it? It is. I would suggest that the producers of that film definitely cashed in on the success of the books and just got there um
1: the confessions books yeah
0: yeah just got there a bit quicker um because i think there is a
1: did... confessions of a door-to-door salesman isn't there there
0: must be yeah whether whether it was out by then i don't know um yeah but there definitely is um i would argue that they maybe should have taken the time a bit better and might have made a a slightly more um enjoyable film but that's a, a another discussion for yeah. um another time i mean you could, um,
1: you could argue that um i mean window cleaners age better purely for the fact that you still have window cleaners but you don't really have door-to-door salesmen anymore do you it's it's kind of a dead thing isn't it a door-to-door salesman
0: and is that why confessions of a window cleaner holds up because it's still <laughs> relevant and topical
1: <laughs> although i do wonder how, how it affected the window cleaning trade this film um do you think I think yeah you know, do you think that people saw them in a different light window cleaners?
0: I think it will have added a a sort of a a kind of jocular sort of twist not twist like angle to the profession but I think that was already there if, if you think about when I'm cleaning windows and stuff like yes, that yes
1: yes it's an age old um, sort of comedy device isn't it the, the window cleaner yeah you know yeah. being a bit naughty um
0: but in terms of, I think another question is, would it have inspired people to join the profession? Because when I was ju- when I was younger, and it was like, oh, who were you? Who were your heroes? Who would you want to be? You know, in your sort of boyhood fantasies, you know, James Bond, that kind of stuff. It was Timmy Lee for me. I wanted to be, you know, that was my fantasy, imaginary sort of career, um, being Timmy Lee, getting into these scrapes and wearing all the seventies clothes and. You know, shagging loads of birds. Don't want to sound like Lawrence Fox or anything, but, you know. Um, <laughs> when was this so...
1: fantasy? Was
0: last week? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it hasn't subsided. It's, it's still there. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, Timmy Lee was my, uh, yeah, boyhood boyhood hero, certainly early teens. Um, f- we've got a slight problem, and I don't want to – let's not go off piece too much with this, and I'll stop saying off piece because it's really pompous. Um <laughs> We have already covered go on Fred.
1: i say like
0: it's cliched. <laughs> cliched? What? <moi>. Um <laughs> we have already covered the, the confession series in our second podcast, um, The off Factory. So we we're gonna try and take care to not go over what we've already gone over. Um but the bigger problem for me, Fred, is um this is actually a good film. Um which there's I, I'm good I, I was gonna try and word this in a sophisticated way, but because it's a good film, there's not as much for us to um take the piss out of. Um uh, whereas are you, are you pre-
1: saying it's better than the sex
0: thing? M- marginally <laughs> <laughs> No, but yeah, you know, you know, we we I know what you these, mean. These yeah, these films we, we 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 give them a fair hearing. Um which is Fight in the corner because they're often not as you know they're maligned and they're not as they're not as bad as they're made out to be, Um but also sometimes they do you know, they they have some questionable moments and that's good fodder for us doing this um this podcast yeah. so yeah but I th- there's enough for us to get into but it, it pauses for for a couple of inherent piss takers for want of a nicer phrase this film poses us with a problem in terms of the tone of our podcast.
1: Yeah, I, I yeah, I agree. Um I know what you mean when you say it's it's a good film. There's a reason it came it came at a time when um I think we need to mention the carry on films because the carry on films were getting more and more sort of bawdy at this point. Um and I think with the increase of the sort of more uh sexy sex comedies, the carry ons are kind of losing their momentum. Um, yes, and I think the the, the Confessions films I think are a natural progression of, the, sort of that carry on because they're really well made. They've got top notch casts of uh, comedy actors, um, and there's money in, in them. You know, they were funded by Columbia Studios, who and the money's up there on the screen. You can see that they look, you know, beautiful compared to most of the films in this genre. I would
0: agree. And can you imagine how fantastic? these will look when eventually somebody gets around to doing the, the sort of whole remaster treatment. Um, that yeah. will that will be a great deal. Um, do you think, so you mentioned Columbia there, um, it's, it's kind of, is this the, are these the only films in the series other than Rosie Dixon, which is essentially a confessions film um, with women? Um, are these the only <laughs> films with, with big studios behind them in terms yeah. of this genre?
1: They Are definitely, um, yeah. Columbia, um, I mean, the, the carry on films look really nice, uh, but that was the you know, they were British rank, uh, was it rank, I think, made them, yes, um, yeah. but obviously, so they were
0: the, the later ones, yeah,
1: that they had professional, uh, you know, that the, 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 when they were making carry ons, they were very professionally made, um, you know, as we discussed, things like the adventures are very good, obviously, but. Stanley Long was a different type of filmmaker. He was more kind of yeah. on, on the hoof, shall we say.
0: They are the, the cheap and cheerful, and I don't mean that in a um, a disdainful or uncomplimentary way. They are cheap and cheerful by probably the likes of Stanley Long and others' uh, admissions. Whereas this is this is big budget stuff. Um, especially in the context of of these films, quick question for you, Fred. Yes. Do you think, do you think Columbia had kind of one eye on the 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 carry on market? Like, as did they see this as, you know, maybe something to rival the carry ons?
1: I, I think they must have done because um, I think you mentioned before they they signed a, a deal um, to make like five or six films, didn't they? Yeah. So they they obviously knew this was a a long term thing. Uh, to a certain yeah. extent it, it definitely does rival the carry ons of this period. And and out you know it, they're better.
0: Quick question. Sorry, you're in the uh, you're in the, the I was gonna say Master Chef seat, master mastermind <laughs> seat. Um probably better in the Master Chef seat. Yeah. Do you subscribe to the narrative that the Confessions films essentially bumped off the carry-on films?
1: I would say so, yeah. Not so much the confessions on their own, but the the whole sex comedy genre where the sex is more in your face, shall we say. I mean, the carry-ons didn't really do nudity, did they? No. Very, very brief glimpses, you know, occasionally.
0: um, Well, not if if you paused and zoomed in like some people allegedly did um, when there was nude bits. I mean, I I mean that's a...
1: In this film, you see Robin Asquith's famous arse. You see it quite early on in the film, don't you, for the first time? Um, yes. I think, I think it's not until... Well, I think it's Karen Emanuel's the only time you see one of the actor's asses, isn't it? The male actors, anyway. And that's Kenneth Williams.
0: Yeah, and uh, I don't think Robin Asquith had anything to worry about, <laughs> to be fair. Um, I mean, we've talked about somebody else's pasty white bum. Um, in a previous episode, but Who's. Jesus, Kenneth Williams. Um...
1: Who's pasty white <laughs> bomb did we talk
0: about? Yeah, it was Barry Evans. Oh, Barry right. Evans. <laughs> Again, Robert has nothing to worry about there. <laughs> um, so I mean, yeah, that. I mean, we'll not we'll not necessarily go down this this rabbit hole. All I will say is, the, the carry ons were. In kind of terminal decline. Sorry to use such a dramatic term, but they were, you know, quite literally because people were dying and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, okay, very good. Where so, were we? Who am I? Who? Uh, where? Where
1: are we? Mother? Is that you? <laughs> uh, yeah. Right. So, basic plot. So,
0: what's it about? Well, actually, let's roll back. we we've we've we have omitted one key observation that you've made in a previous discussion with me, that Columbia probably also had their eye on the extremely lucrative um sitcom film market. Because yes. really there must have been there must have been three or four three or four of those a year at one point.
1: Yeah, and the the hugely much as I hate to say it, the hugely successful series of films about
0: Vehicles meaning B. <laughs> bikes. Yeah. You know how I yes, feel I... That Yes, the uh, the the on the buses trilogy. Yeah. Sorry, sorry to trigger you, but yeah, you know the, again big shoot. You know, big British studio, admittedly, but you know you got the, they were Hammer. Um, I mean, the first film was number one film of the year in 1971 I know, at the it's box crazy. office. Crazy, so. Isn't it? so and and I think that that and we'll get into it, but that sitcom feel is is definitely there in the film. But we'll get on we'll get onto that soon. So basic plot, talk me through it, Fred. Be gentle. All
1: right. So basically, Timmy Lee uh, is a window cleaner, um, and the first time we see him is an iconic scene, wouldn't you say? It,
0: very iconic.
1: You know, I I would. I'm not joking when I say this. I think it's one of the most iconic scenes of 70s British cinema.
0: Talk, talk me through it. Explain why it c- kind of captures yeah. you so much. I, I agree with you, but I think it'll be it's interesting
1: just, uh, for... it just opens with, you know, the, the opening bars of the very memorable theme tune, This Is Your Life, Timmy Lee. Yeah. And it's just basically a shot of Robin Asquith as Timmy Lee in his flared denim trousers. Double denim. Yeah, double denim, denim jacket. Is that a
0: Canadian, Canadian tuxedo?
1: Texan tuxedo. <laughs> Texan tuxedo. <laughs> <laughs> and and his uh, white shirt, um, cycling along with his ladder, whistling away, chirpy chap. It's just, yeah, you know. And they just follow him cycling along the. You know, it must have been pretty hard to do that with the, the ladder on his shoulder. You know.
0: Yeah. He, it really sets out its stall as a film. You would you would be sitting there, the music kicks in, brilliant theme tune, really catchy, and then you've got you know Robin on the big screen, let's like say, big smile on his face, interacting with people, laughing. It all feels very you know again to, not to go overly academic. It all feels very authentic, um, and you if you were sitting there, you would you would be sitting there in the cinema thinking, oh this is this is going to be this is going to be a fun film. Um, and I certainly don't think you'd be um, persuaded otherwise by the end of the film either. So, yeah, brilliant, brilliant opening sequence. Yeah. I fully agree with you.
1: And that segs into an opening monologue um, and, uh, and him looking at some women through windows. Which <laughs> sounds a bit dodgy, yes. but, but it's not. It's done in a very uh, light-hearted way. Hi, I'm
2: Timmy Lee. This is my first day cleaning windows. Ever thought about window cleaners? They spend their days looking into hundreds of little boxes, many of which have got people in. All sorts of people. That's me. What about that physique, eh? Oh, a bit steamer McQueen, isn't it? Yes, no wonder the birds go crazy for me. Favorite gear is a white nylon T-shirt, because when you wet it, you can press it up against the window. And then give them a little smile nice for the old ones. Makes it sort of Remembrance Day. Still, you can't expect to go potty on your first day, can you? Oh, copper load of that, eh? What knock a knocker
0: factory. Yeah, I, I, again, coming back to my, my, my previous point, I, I Obviously, spying on women per se is problematic, but I, I, I even now, you know, almost fifty years on, um, it it just doesn't it doesn't feel too weird. I mean, obviously, you know, schools and stuff like that—that's always a bit dodgy. But you know, even then, um it's kind of a school the, the,
1: he's at, isn't he? And but the girls are definitely not schoolgirls. Put it that way.
0: Yeah, no, um, and the don't—they do don't labour. He doesn't hang around for too long. No, and but, it ends thankfully, in a, thankfully.
1: It ends in a bit of slapstick when he sort of puts his foot through the window, and there's a sour-faced old teacher staring at him. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so, so yes, yeah, so so we've in this iconic opening sequence, we've met. Timmy Lee, and we have the the opening narrative. So, who is? Tell us a bit about our uh, main protagonist, Timmy Lee. Tell us what what do we know about him.
1: Well, it turns out that he is a virgin, Um
3: <gasps>
1: and he works for his brother-in-law, Sid Noggett. He's the sort of Noggett of the Noggett's window cleaning firm, um, and um, Sid thinks that Timmy needs to, you know, pop his cherry. Uh, because it's good for the business if he's, you know, able to service the windows and the ladies.
0: His his commitment is sort of his commitment to, act, to delivering excellent customer service. I mean, it's just
1: and it, it's not just it's, the young
0: inspirational, to be honest. Yeah, it's
1: not just the young ladies, as uh, Sid says. You've got to grease the old bags as well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, it's probably you know, it's probably not one for rampant militant <laughs> feminists. I would suggest. So, so yeah, so Sid's uh, sorry, Timmy's Timmy's a virgin. He's frustrated by it, as is Sid, because it's you know it's stopping him from pleasing the customers. So Sid works his magic, and it takes a couple of goes, but he uh, he he helps Timmy lose his virginity.
1: Yes, he takes him to a strip club, doesn't he? Um... And he takes him to a lady backstage there um, who, uh, after initial um, fumblings, um, he does the deed. Or does
0: he? Well, (laughs) we (laughs) We talked about this in the previous podcast about the series. It's really, really, again, in terms of setting out your stall... um, Robert Asquith goes, oh, and he he pulled all those faces, and he goes, that you that was magnificent. You were great, and she says, oh, that's really nice of you, Timmy. But I need to tell you something. I don't want you going through life with a fetish, um, and it turns out he's he's shagged a suspender. But I mean, we've all we've all we've all we've all been there. Um,
4: <laughs> now that's better.
2: That was terrific, That's Absolutely terrific. I'm glad, Timmy, but there's something you ought to know. Yes? I mean, I don't want you to go through life with a fetish. What do you mean? You've just had my suspender belt.
0: So she is um, apparently. Sid mentions that she's his cousin.
3: Yes.
0: And the actress, the actress Christine Donner, who I think was a sort of beauty contest winner, she's in a It's the Knockout annual bizarrely, um, as a beauty contest winner. Her voice is dubbed.
1: Yes, it, it kind of it's a bit jarring, isn't
0: it? Yeah, um, and I I wonder who's doing the voice. I suspect it's not her, and I wonder if it's somebody in the cast, maybe. Yeah, it's kind of know, a really was...
1: weird, high-pitched kind of comedy voice, isn't
0: it? Yeah, yeah. In in his book, Robin refers to it as a, as a Scouse accent, but I don't think it is in the finished film. I don't know if she was Scouse in real life. Oh, I don't know right. if that's because, yeah. obviously, she's meant to be alleged Sid's, Sid's cousin or something. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, Miriam Margoyles. She did a lot of these voiceovers, didn't she? Yes, she, she does. Did, one, didn't she? she she does one in a in a later confessions film. Um, so yeah, wonderful. So, so he finally um, he does eventually have sex in a in a in a scene we will. Well, you could say he makes love um, in a scene we'll discuss later, and and then what?
1: Um, right. So then, um, should we just talk about when he goes home? We meet his family that this is one of the yeah. big what makes these films stand out um for me and probably for you as well is absolutely
0: the the lee family
1: the lee family and there are continuing there's a continuing saga of them throughout all the films which makes the it just makes the films you know a cut above the rest in this way in that they're the continuing characters and their their ridiculous adventures
0: yeah it's um
1: it's unique to this
0: sort of genre of film, I would say. Yes, I'd agree that a lot of these films just wanted lots of tits and lots of shagging. And these films invested in like backstory and yeah. characters and, and the fact that it's a family, um, that's quite warm. Um, I mean, the family aren't warm per se, but <laughs> do you know what I mean? In terms of the, the, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It, it's, it's, Despite the fact it's a sex comedy with, you know, boobies and and shagging and stuff like that, it's it feels quite family friendly and it feels like that was on purpose.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I said before I, these could easily just be more straightforward, blessed this house style comedy films, couldn't they? You could just, yeah, if you axed some of the naughtier sex scenes, they would work perfect well as a sort of, you know, the adventures of the Lee family, you know, or even a sitcom. Yeah.
0: Well, the, the confessions of the Lee family would be would It'd be, be great, more appropriate, then. wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, it's almost as if, you know, we talked earlier about the, the Columbia having one eye on the um, sitcom spin-off market. This is almost like that process, but in reverse. It's like they made the spin-off film before they have done, the, done the sitcom, yeah. but it, it almost could be. Um, and that's reflected, that sitcom fail, um, and that that family sitcom feel is re- reflected in the cast. So who who've we got in the yeah. Lee family? It's a, it's a
1: very working class sort of East Endery type family, isn't it? Uh, in that they, there's like yes. five of them living in one house. You know, the whole family lives together.
0: Soon to be three generations Indeed. when little baby yeah. Jason comes along.
1: Yeah. Um So they live in Scraggs Lane. <laughs> <laughs> it's makes me laugh. That is funny. Yeah. And um, so we meet. uh, So the house is full of weird junk, which we find out belongs to Dad, played by Bill Maynard, who works at some sort of public transport lost property office. And so he just keeps bringing home, you know, ridiculous items like a moose's head.
0: So are you suggesting that reuniting misplaced items with their rightful owners is not high on his priority list <laughs> no.
1: I think he just takes it home doesn't he they're like oh, yeah. um, as, as uh, Sid says it calls him a thieving magpie
4: don't answer it what? they've probably come about the telly what, not it working? yes, Dad won't pay the instalments because he can't get colour I keep telling him, it's a black and white set oh it is Dad so what's the matter with his key? he's got his arms full Oh, God. More colourful crap. Here. Harpoon it yourself, did you? Oh, bloody hell. Oh, God. Was left on the Pullman Express. Look nice over the fire, won't it? Look better on it. Then what's for your opinion? Now, don't you two start. <coughs> no, hang on a minute. I've got some rights here as a regular rent payer. Rent? It doesn't even pay our window cleaner. Oh, give over, Dad. Sid's told you why he doesn't do our windows. Right. It's bad to bring your work home. It only causes trouble. You can't clean your own like a psychiatrist never treats his own family. No, I don't interfere in your business. I don't try and tell me what to do with my moose. It's Ah, oh, come on. Dad, I'm so a Kidney. I think he's great. Yeah. Sure. We'll call him Clarence. Clarence? Good evening, Clarence. And what do you think of Dad? I think he's a stupid old git. You think he's a stupid old git? That's funny. Yeah, well, it? I still think you're nothing but a, a no-good sponge. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, your dad didn't mean it.
5: Say you're sorry, Dad.
4: All right. I'm sorry.
5: He said he's sorry, Rosie. <laughs> it's not him!
4: Well, I said I was sorry. It's not you! What is it, dear? That bloody thing's leering at me! I Don't know that, you'll break his antlers.
0: <laughs> and then in a later film, <laughs> you know, with that scene having been set... In a later film, we see him walking down the stair, walking down the street in full costume as a as a gorilla. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because somebody you oh, somebody got pissed on the train or the bus <laughs> and left their life size, you know, six foot five uh, gorilla costume on the bus.
1: Yeah. Um, so we bet that, and um, as we said, the casting is it, in this is impeccable. Uh, I mean, Bill Maynard is just you know, great, isn't he?
0: Yeah, I mean Bill Bill Meadard. You know, went he was already he was already a big deal, and he went on to be a big deal in terms of um, Selwyn Selwyn Frogart yeah. and the Gaffer. Um, had he had he been in anything well, leading up to this like, he, he, in terms of telly stuff?
1: Oh yeah, I think he, he was in lots of like plays for today and things like that. You know, it was quite right. like, he was in lots of dramatic stuff as well, um, and. Obviously, he's he's on the sort of carry on fringes, isn't he? Because he's in yes, he carry is. On, he's got quite a big role in Carry On Matron. This will be his biggest role.
0: Yeah, um, Carry On at Your Convenience as well. Yeah, um, he he was he also had a scene in Carry On Abroad, but it was cut. That's I think right, he was yeah. involved involved in the travel agency.
1: That's right, he was from there. Yeah. Uh,
0: I think there's actually a picture of that. Um, it's very rare that there's these deleted scenes, because they just reused them, didn't they? Yeah. Um so so you got Bill Maynard. Um I thought he was playing sort of older than his age, but he probably was pushing fifty at the, at this point. Um are my sums right there? Sums. Yeah I'm just trying to work up my sums. Actually so nineteen twenty eight to nineteen sixty eight. Yeah so he was yeah. he was he was pushing. He was in his mid to late forties at yeah. the time. He's obviously played slightly older, but um, but that kind of works. And he is married to, mum,
1: played by Dandy Nichols. Absolutely. Uh, do we do we
3: know uh,
0: her he... r- real name? Do We just call her mum, don't we?
1: In this. I don't yeah, and he's do... just dad. They're just mum and dad, aren't
0: they? Yeah. Um, I'm going to set you some homework. You need to read all twenty nine. Um, confessions books <laughs> to see if there's any mention of mum or dad's real name.
1: Like you have, you've read. The like book, I have, yeah.
0: yeah, I have. I certainly have, yeah. Um, I yeah. have got a little exclusive in relation to the book, but we'll we'll come back to that later. Okay, cool.
1: Um, and so, Danny Nichols. Obviously, you've got Tony Booth playing Sid Nugget, and the dynamic there is already set in the, they were into death as
0: two part together, weren't they? Playing Again, pretty
1: as... much mum and son-in-law as they are here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And that's all that's, that, that was purposeful casting, I would say. Definitely. And, you know, um, I really enjoy, um, the Sid character in the confessions films, apart from the one weird moment in this film, which we'll come back to later. Um, he's kind of just I, I have a suspicion Tony Booth played Tony Booth in most things he did um, and in this he's kind of like just a, a more lecherous version of Mike from Till Death Us Do Part like Mike's just you know Mike's famously sort of a bit of a lazy scouse layabout um, I, f- I forget what what was it Alf Garner called him Randy Wrong Scouse Kid Randy Scouse Randy skit. Skit. yeah yeah, yeah. Um bit of trivia, who did a song called Randy Skowskit? Wow, the monkeys
1: written by Mickey Delenz
0: good friend uh, of Robin Asquith this is the full this yeah. is the full circle of confessions life yeah. Yeah. um so yeah it, it it actually is a Randy Skowskit in more than ever in 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 the confessions films he is um,
1: uh, just to an aside about the monkeys uh, there um so Mickey Delenz. Watched the, that show and he heard that phrase. He didn't know what it meant. So he made this song. He just called it Randy Scow the song. And when it was over, here, released over here, they had to change the title because it was, you know, quite a rude thing to say. Um,
0: so what did they change it to?
1: They just called it Alternate Title in this country.
0: <laughs> what that? Alternate yeah. Title? Yeah, that's what it was called. Oh, wow. Uh,
1: in America, it was Randy Scow Skit, but here it's released as Alternate Title.
0: If you can weave your magic thread and put a little snippet in this episode, that would yeah, be that would be fabulous. Um, and then playing Rosie, um, Timmy's Timmy's sister and Sid's wife, is the actress Sheila White.
1: Yeah, uh, and again, it, it's just acting heavyweights in this. You know, they're superb, superb actors.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, she. I think I think she was from a, a, a musical theatre background or was certainly adept at yeah. um, musical theatre. Yeah. She's in she's in Oliver. Um, she, she plays, I think, one of Nancy's friends in the film, the 1968 film of Oliver, yeah. the musical. Uh, she also pops up in, a, I think, a very important film in the history of this genre. She pops up in Here We Go Around the Mulberry Bush.
1: Yes, uh, which you could argue is the, the birth of this genre of film.
0: Absolutely, the, the, the prototype yeah. of the uh, the sex comedy. And a film we should probably uh, discuss oh, no, uh, in, yeah. a, in a later episode. <laughs> it's
4: time I forked the potatoes. Rosie, love, I said I was sorry, but what with Timmy and everybody, I had a lot on my mind today. Oh, I bet, I'm yeah. not only on your mind. I don't be like that. Well, my friends get around too, you know. They see a lot of your ladder, but not so much of you. Rosie, sometimes I've got to be sociable. You don't think I like drinking all them cups of tea, do you? It's part of building up the business, Rosie. I'm doing it all for you, love. Oh, all right. I'll forgive you. Right. But watch it, because Sydney Nugget. One extra marital. And I'll cut it off.
0: So we've we've met the family. Um there's also some big hitters in terms of guest stars.
1: There is. Um So let's just uh talk a bit more about the plot briefly, shall we?
0: Have I skipped the plot? Yeah. I
1: don't think we've got Business as business oh, yeah. as usual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> the plot is so basically the adventures of Timmy um meeting encounters with all these lovely ladies which we'll discuss in a bit um, but he meets a, a lady who he really likes who Elizabeth Radlett who turns out to be a police woman uh, much to the chagrin of the family um, you know, there's, Did there's you a, put the shag in chagrin? <laughs> yeah. There's a great scene where she's waiting at the door to, in Scrags Lane waiting for Timmy to come out in her full uniform and Bill Maynard cycling up and he's got some <laughs> Some trinket under his arm that he's stolen, and he he sort of sees her and sort of wobbles around and sort of cycles off away.
0: So, who plays Elizabeth?
1: Uh, the lovely Linda Hayden.
0: Indeed, she uh, is lovely as well. It has, and she's still lovely, um, but she's delightful in this film.
1: Yeah, um, and again, this film is certainly different from the rest in that it's more of a sort of you know standard plot really it's almost a romance plot isn't it um, yeah so the, the underlying plot is basically Timmy courting her um, and eventually they get engaged and the big finale scene is um, them getting married or not getting married
0: again again uh, yeah we see them all done up in you know Timmy and his top hat and stuff um, echoes of bless this house the film version yes um which obviously, you know, Robin starred in made a, you know, made a huge impact in that film, and I think that just kind of comes back to that that slight argument about the, the sitcom sitcom feel to it. Um,
1: so what happened? So basically, so, yeah. he doesn't make the wedding, does he? For what Well, he
0: st- he st- he steps out of uh, Scrag's lane, and there's a there's a dolly bird going past. And he's checking checking her out as yeah. are two removal men carrying a, a massive rolled up carpet.
1: Indeed, one of them says she's got see through charlies, whatever that means.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think he's referring to her top. You can see her sort of breast through the top.
0: Yes, and then doesn't he reference her needing a lift to Bristol?
1: Yeah, I wonder if she needs a lift to Bristol.
2: Friend, hey Fred, how about that for a nice piece of grummet, eh? Where? Uh, see-through Charlie's and all. Yeah, wonder if she wants a lift at Bristol. Her uh, Bristol don't need no lifting, mate. <laughs> Come on, give us a hand with this. You know, I often wonder why some of them bollock to wear anything at all these days. I'm glad they don't, mate. Uh,
0: you wouldn't. Oops. Right, okay. That's it's, all it's, it's clever stuff. It's clever stuff. So the removal men again and this comes back to the 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 just calibre of these films and the calibre of the cast. Got a couple of legends in the remove removal men. Uh Sam Kidd, um who you know his his resume, if you will, huge.
1: He's in everything, isn't he? Yeah.
0: He is. Um and then the other guys Brian Hall, who again in lots of things including Long Good Friday, Sweeney 2. He's probably most associated with um, Fawlty Towers. Playing the chef in Fawlty Towers, yeah. Playing the chef, yeah. He's yeah. Re- really good at that. Uh, both, sadly, uh, no no longer with us. Bit of trivia for you. Sam Kidd recorded um, a scene for Confessions of a Driving Instructor and it didn't make the final oh, cut. Oh, okay. Mm. Shame. so we don't really know don't know a lot about that yet, but yeah. working on it
1: okay and so, so yes, they, they basically the contrivance here is that they've got a big rod of carpet and they swing around and knock Timmy out and he falls on a sofa, which they put in the back of the removal van and drive off yes, um
0: hundreds of miles
1: so basically he doesn't make the wedding, and this is the bit of the film which I find a bit troublesome.
0: Okay, talk me through it.
1: So I, I just, I just don't like what happens. Um, basically, Linda. Hayden... Are you okay? <laughs> I'm welling up here. <laughs> so basically, um, I just don't think it it's, it leaves a nasty taste in the mouth, which I, it doesn't fit in with the rest of the film. Um,
0: so, tell us what happened. So Linda
1: Hayden's having a fag on the steps, and uh, Sid appears. Um, Sid Noggett, Tony Booth. And basically he kind of it turns out they used to know each other. Um, something to do with when she was at school. I don't know what the relationship was, but, but Are
0: you bit. suggesting Sid I don't know has it's been <laughs> gro- Has been grooming Liz.
1: <laughs> I don't know, it's a bit it's best not to dwell on that bit. Um, <laughs> no. And so basically he seduces her and they go back to her parents' house and um, Start shagging in the shed outside, which I think is a bit mean, really.
0: It's really mean. I mean, it's one thing. It's you know, it's from, from from Timmy's perspective. It's like, okay, you cheat on my sister regularly and make no secret secret of it. That's one thing. But then to do it with um, the love of my life and who I hoped was going to be my wife. I mean, that's just that's just. That's just hitting the piss, really. Yeah.
1: So obviously, Timmy finds them and he, he puts a hose through the sort of uh, window of the shed and sprays them all with water, uh, and then the shed starts spinning round. I don't know. I've <laughs> <I> never <laughs> seen a shed that spins round.
0: <laughs> well, maybe it was maybe it was on a some kind of like you know. It must be a seventies um, thing. Track, yeah, spinning yeah. spinning sheds, um, um, which results in. Uh, Sorry, it results Sid. in
1: see the ending having hospital. with see, a big cast on his
0: leg yeah and Timmy's there eating a banana <laughs> yeah, yeah the kind of saying no no hard feelings
1: yeah he doesn't seem to mind in the end does he <laughs>
4: Behave yourself. I said I'm going to
0: have to put you in handcuffs. No. Timmy's recovered quite quickly from (laughs) this sort of uh, life-changing incident. Yeah.
1: So you know something about Timmy from the books, don't you? The character... Something weird. Yeah. That isn't yeah.
0: Um so, you know, obviously my commitment to research is as um impressive as Sid's commitment to excellent customer service. Um I did have a cursory glance through the original Confessions of a Window Cleaner book. I was trying to look for sort of similarities in terms of plot. And at the beginning of every confessions book, and obviously there's loads of them there's a little summary of each chapter like yeah, chapter 1 in which timmy meets you know mrs slenderpart and takes on a driving lesson that kind of thing and i was looking for mention of the wedding now actually when you look at the book all the all the women that we meet in the film are pretty much all listed in the in the chapter so it's quite faithful in that way um so for example there's a scene where Timmy is used by um, a, 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 a jilted lesbian to try and make her lover jealous. That's in the book. The The yoga person, that's in the book. Um, the, the, the frosty mist- house mistress, that's in the book. I couldn't see any mention of the wedding. Elizabeth is mentioned, but I couldn't see any mention of the wedding. However, in the beginning, it turns out that Timmy has been to reform school
1: wow that's definitely not mentioned in the films is it
0: no so and i'm going to say this only once because i know it'll be tiresome for our listeners but basically confessions of a window cleaner the film that scum could have been
1: (laughs) Uh, i mean i mean the character in the book must be a whole different beast to the even the films, right? If he's just well, reform he's, school, he must be a bit of a, a, bit
0: more of a bruiser, right? Yeah, I think it comes. I think, I think it comes back to this thing of this kind of working class, London thing. Um, you know, the whole thing around, and that is reflected in the film in terms of the the house where they live, is like kind of somewhere out of, you know, East Enders when it when it started and was actually about sort of working class people in a working class area um that this this nervousness about this just just natural the whole family is shocked by even even mum's shocked by the fact that timmy's with a policewoman, so this kind of um just general you know mistrust of of police and I think it's kind of that um you know just on the fringes of criminality, so I imagine he was a a thief or something like that
1: and timmy Lee. So yeah. we don't know if they actually consumed their relationship, um, because there's various, the various scenes in the film where Timmy's trying to get his end away. Uh, she's very kind of standoffish, isn't she? She won't let him, you know, go the full four bases, um, <laughs> so to speak. It's only when he says, you know, why don't we get married, that she strips off and they they sort of get down to it. Um, however. There's something putting Timmy off, isn't there?
0: Yeah, so he, d- he doesn't not quite only stand is... up
1: to the occasion, does he? Because no, they're in the bedroom of her the... parents,
0: and her father is essentially the chief commissioner of the police or commissioner of the police, something
1: like that. Yeah, played by so a very
0: very senior, played by the legendary John Le Mezure. Yeah.
1: Yeah, um, playing him in the you know, I... the usual manner we're accustomed
0: to of the characters he plays yeah uh, 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 less is more with John <laughs> yeah. um, he, he has you know he, he he does his thing and I'm I'm sure it wasn't effortless it's that it's that thing when somebody does something that seems so effortless and it probably was quite hard work and he was working on instinct and you know timing and stuff like that but very very effortless uh, I mean he. John Lemesria was huge. Dad's Army was, in 1974, Dad's Army was still a big deal. I mean, Jesus, it's yeah. 2023 and Dad's Army's still a big deal. Exactly. Um, but it's, it certainly was in 1974. And I think this is the the the, the power of a big studio, the pull of a big studio.
1: Definitely. So, yeah, so basically he's, Timmy's trying to get it away and he keeps looking around. There's photos of uh, this police commissioner just, like, staring at him. Um, and it, it culminates in a <laughs> sort of an imaginary picture he sees of John the Majeure sort of holding Timmy <laughs> by the scruff of the neck.
0: So we've got a fantasy sequence.
1: Yeah, which is uh, probably the only one in this series. Isn't it? sort of fan- I know we've got the monologues, but an actual fantasy sequence is more sort of Malbybrush. Style, isn't it? yeah
0: yeah it's not it's not particularly usual but I think again I think that comes back to the sort of the the aspirations with this with confessions of a window cleaner set out to make a, a proper film um, as I said at the beginning this is a this is this feels just like a, a proper film with a good plot beginning middle and end high production values like you've described um, and stuff like that. Yeah, the the, the 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 weren't you know? Pardon my French, but they the weren't pissing about here, were they? Certainly
3: not. Though. Hello. Oh,
4: hello, mummy.
2: No, I'm just watching the telly. Yes. Oh, poor you. So that means you'll be staying the night then? Of course, it's not the first time I've been alone, is it? Okay, then. You too. Their car's broken down. Aww. That's too bad. Now, Timmy, that doesn't mean. Oh, Liz, I want you more than ever. Oh, I know, Timmy. And it was wrong of me to let you go this far. But why, Liz? Because I don't want to be just another easy lay. But you're not an easy lay. I mean, but... Look, I don't want to sound old-fashioned, Timmy, but I have to be able to live with myself. I want to feel that when I finally get married... Well, why don't we? Timmy, is that a proposal? Uh, Yes, those
1: So
0: yeah, that's the basic sort of plot, isn't it? It is. Um, boy meets girl. Boy <laughs> proposes to girl. Misses the wedding and brother-in-law shags girl. It's that's it's it's the age-old, action. it's the age-old story, Fred. Um, so you've you've mentioned John Lemez there, so we've kind of segued very nicely, and we've mentioned the lovely Linda Hayden, who I believe was in six films with Robin Asquith.
4: Wow.
0: Yeah. Um, I might have to double-check that. I'm fairly sure it's six. Um, oh, she's appeared with him six times as well as theatre. Um, so who else have we got?
1: Right. So maybe we should talk about um, some of the scenes with the ladies in.
0: That sounds like a good plan to me. So, I mean, we can... that kills... Yeah, kills two birds with exactly. one stone, doesn't I mean, it? We, this is we talk what... about...
1: This is the meat of the film after all, isn't it? Timmy's encounters with the the lovely ladies. Oh. So, yeah. So the first one is he's taken uh round by Sid to uh clean the windows of someone called Jacqueline Brown who is played by the great Sue Longhurst.
0: Yeah, and she 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 is the ultimate saucy 70s um Sex-starved suburban housewife, isn't she?
1: She is. She's that. That's kind of her. She plays that role, you know, to perfection in, in a lot of these films, doesn't she? Mm. Um, mm. And the the scene that ensues is. I know we've talked about the iconic opening sequence of him on the bike, but for me, this is probably this is one of the greatest scenes of any British comedy ever. Sex comedy, if not the greatest scene. I would say. Yes. Um, and it, it's so basically, she offers him a drink. Uh, she's say, saying how hot it is in the room. So she obviously starts unbuttoning her blouse. Um, and then there's a, a thunderstorm starts, isn't it? And uh, she asks Timmy to close the window. And he he jumps up on the kitchen worktop and uh, knocks over the sort of cleaning detergent onto the floor <laughs> uh, then he falls over and she sees him lying there on the floor and thinks this is my chance to jump on him don't
2: worry we'll we're soon clear hold on, oh! Oh, I'm, I'm sorry I I'm afraid I've <laughs> made a mess. <laughs> Already? Uh, no. You see, I've upset the.
0: She fears. She fears slipping over, yeah, doesn't she? She does,
1: yeah. And lands on top of him, um, and then we cut to uh, the, the kitchen sink overfilling, which obviously the water spills on the floor and makes the detergent all foamy. It probably wouldn't get that foamy that quickly, but we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll forget about that bit.
0: Yeah, you got to suspend belief a little exactly. bit, haven't you?
1: Um, and then there's a and. There's a great scene, uh, this slow motion scene of clothes like flying through the air, like a bra, <laughs> Timmy's trousers, and sort of landing.
0: Yeah. Uh, is that done? Have they done that in reverse? Have they done that backwards?
1: Uh, possibly, yeah. Yeah. It looks good though. Um,
0: yeah, it looks really good.
1: And then they sort of get at it into the They get down to it into, in the foam. They're sort of sliding along the floor, and you see t- uh, Timmy's bomb blobbing, blobbing in and out of the foam, it's, it's, <laughs> it's an amazing scene. Um, and there's
0: all there's also, um, you know, when something's simmering, See, so say you've got a bowl of soup simmering, and every now and then it bubbles up a little bit.
1: Yes, it's also it bubbles coming up, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it ends, with, you, it ends with just a sea of foam, and you see their, their heads like bob up, like, um. <laughs> And as if that wasn't enough, when Timmy, the next thing is Timmy exiting, fully, you know, fully clothed, and there's a refrain of, Hallelujah!
0: <laughs> is that Handel's Messiah? Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, I mean,
0: you know what? This is highbrow stuff.
1: Yeah. I assume, I assume that's his first proper shag, isn't it? Because the first yeah, one was, it, that... was, was a, a stocking top, wasn't it?
0: The the, the significance is, the, the hallelujah is, he's, He's lost his virginity. He's now a man, so he comes out. Yeah, he comes out. Hallelujah! He gets his book out, ticks it off, and his shoulders are raised, and he's immensely pleased with himself. And you could argue that the 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 confession series in earnest has now begun.
2: Jackie had certainly taught me how to come clean. Now I know what they mean by the ultimate detergent. Talk about soft hands and forever blowing bubbles. Taught me something else too. It's just like learning to ride a bike. Once you find you can stay up, there's no problem. In fact, right there and then, I could have won the Tour de France. Ladder and all. Yes, indeed.
1: Um, so then, quickly following off of that, he meets uh, Miss Prendergast. <laughs> played by the lovely Katya Wyeth who uh in you know splendid in a nice sort of green gown um and their conversation starts with her saying that you know she doesn't think she's that attractive, you know she wears glasses and she's a teacher you know, her hair's up um I mean obviously she is you know really attractive
0: she's very good and i uh, I suspect uh, I don't really know much about Katya Wyeth other than you know i assume she was a model and lots of her lots of her roles are kind of, you know there's, there's lots of roles where she's not really doing much other than just being kind of sexy if that makes sense yeah but i think she's i think she's really good in this and i think that's cuz it's a good script but i think she plays it really well the the chemistry between these two is really nice um it, 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 oh god it sounds Silly, there's there's a warmth to it actually, um, and it's not. Yes, Timmy's basically trying to get her into bed, and he succeeds, which we'll talk about in a second. Yeah, I mean, they start talking he...
1: about uh, films and film characters or film actors, and um, Robin Asker does this Humphrey Bogart walk, which I, I found <laughs> slightly camp. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the walk is, he's supposed to be walking like Humphrey Bogart, however that is. <laughs>
0: Uh, it features one of my favourite lines because she the the quoting films, and she says, uh, "If you want me, just whistle." And it's she, she's all sultry, and then he goes. <laughs> 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 I mean, I can't whistle myself, but yeah. Um, yeah, very good. Uh, works, but yeah, do, no, it's
1: John do, Wayne and True Grit.
0: Yeah, it's um, but it, as much as he's trying to get her into bed, it doesn't feel cynical. It feels like. No, they're, they're both—it's both sort of buzzing off each other, if you will. Definitely,
1: yeah. And this is another iconic scene, uh, in that we we get uh, the first proper full view of the famous ass.
4: True grit. <sighs> He's getting naughty now.
2: Naughty and impatient. Ah! What? Oh! Scissors! Scissors! Have you got any scissors? It's all right. I've done it. Oh, good. Right, let's take it off. No, she doesn't want to.
6: She's shy.
4: Under here. It's nicer.
5: No, no, he's got to say hello to her first. Oh. Hello.
6: Hello. hello. Oh, yes. Oh, she likes that.
1: You get a, quite a good, yes. big kind of back shot close up of, of the uh, famous Asquith bum. I mean, you see it briefly few, in the previous you... scene, but this is the first kind of, you know, full on.
0: You sound like you've sort of freeze framed this quite a bit to be honest with you.
1: <laughs> For research purposes, of course.
0: <laughs> she just a bit of trivia about Katya Wise. She she definitely turns up in the Sweeney at one point. Um she frolics with Malcolm McDowell in A Clockwork Orange. Wow. And her final film credit, any guesses?
3: Uh,
1: no, tell me
0: number one of the Secret Service
1: Oh, one of my favourite films as you know
0: absolutely yeah so well obviously not because you didn't know she was in it so um, (laughs) so yeah good scene and it's 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 notable in that um, there's you know trigger warning everyone there's no nice way to put this it is notable in that he goes down on her
1: yes uh, she starts referring to her you know bodily parts by, by a sort of Cause sort of they. She sort of says she needs uh, attention down there, you know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, Robin does his... Uh, Timmy Lee does his duty.
0: And, again, that... It, it, it's almost like that should feel a bit weird and that should feel a bit like, oh, that's full on. But, it, but it's not. It's all... It, it all just feels perfectly okay. And I think that's because... I think they thought this shit through. To be really honest, yeah. I think the the, the it sounds like I'm taking the piss here, D- done tastefully.
1: Yes, but obviously um, they don't quite manage to uh, fulfil themselves because somebody well, they comes. are rudely home.
0: interrupted. Yeah, now, who is that?
1: Well, I know we've discussed this before, but I've still not got the definitive answer to this. <laughs> Richard Wattis arrives, saying hello. I'm home. I'm coming out <laughs> now. It's unclear: is he her father or her husband? It's the way they talk. It's, it's unclear. It could be either.
0: I think. I think you should go with which. Kind of let your imagination loose. Whichever goes, whichever works best for you.
1: Well. I suppose, but the reason, if it was a party, he wouldn't just walk upstairs and burst in her room, would he? The husband would. I mean, her dad wouldn't do that, would he, or would he?
0: Um, I, I think let's put this no pun intended. <laughs> Let this let's put this to bed. I think he, I think he is her father. Okay. He's credited as as Carol's father, and in terms of your concerns about him just walking in, well, they're obviously sort of like a family of. Quite studious, geeky people. So I don't. I, I suspect she's not really had boys in a room before.
1: Can we just apologise to any studious, geeky people who are listening <laughs> to, to, to Pete's assumptions of your nature? <laughs> Hello. They let me off early.
2: Oh. Morning. Morning. Oh, you're in. And uh, don't worry about the payment. Uh, We'll send an account.
6: Thank you.
0: Extraordinary
1: way to clean windows.
2: Oh, he'll come back and do the rest later.
1: No, I mean, he was cleaning them with a pair of knickers.
4: (laughs) Knickers?
0: But you know what I mean? They're obviously a very very sheltered family. Um, But, I mean, he walks in as if you could just imagine him. I mean, he will have tread the boards in various farces, won't he? And it's like almost as if he's coming in, like from stage right. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, yeah. Just definitely. He's like, I'm here, and he he, he plays it as if he's uh, on on stage. But the thing it's, is, he, he wasn't that old.
1: Was it? When he, he died soon after this one, he wasn't. I don't think he was even fifty. But he looks
0: really uh, old. He was he was sixty three when oh, he died. Oh, I thought he was. Uh, that. No, uh, I've just I've just looked it up. But I mean, again no age really um other than a couple of tv movies this is his final movie credit
1: wow okay so that's his final movie right but he has form uh, for this sort of film he's in probably is for me his best known role in this one is in um it's not as well known a film sex and the other woman where he plays sort of uh Sort of doctor introducing all the, the little segments.
0: all right
1: Psychiatrist, I I'm... think he is.
0: Is he a better psychiatrist than Barry Evans? Is <laughs> it a close call?
1: Yeah, equal, equal. Um, <laughs> but you know, this the scene ends with a great payoff gag where uh, Timmy is uh, cleaning the windows with Catcher's uh, knickers.
0: Yes. Which I think's been uh, utilized in certainly the uh, the the poster for the. American release.
1: Yes, and then there's a bit of banter when they when he gets back to uh, home and uh, mum finds the knickers in the in the bucket and uh, they think uh, dad thinks that uh, you know Timmy's a bit odd
2: wearing women's knickers. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and I should put some dental on your mouth,
2: Fabio. Oh yes, I'll do that too, sir. Uh, good night, ma'am.
4: Oh yes, well, good night. So nice. He's lying, of course. Lying? Oh, yes. You can't get all that blood round your mouth unless you've been in a fight. wasn't blood, John. It hmm? was lipstick. Lipstick? Mm-hmm. Oh, Christ, is he one of those?
0: Uh, it's a strange one. The whole premise of Carry On... Uh, sorry, not Carry On. Confessions of a Window Cleaner is like Sid saying, you need to basically have sex and have more sex because it's good for the business. So that's the opening sort of premise, but then the, the rest, the rest of the series is basically Sid getting mad with Timmy for having too much sex, yes, and it <laughs> and it being bad for business, yeah. Um, so um, anyway, well,
1: there's, there's an odd little sequence uh, a little bit after this where um, it's kind of like a silent sort of slapstick sequence where Timmy turns up at a house and the husband comes home, and then you look up and you see uh, Sid. Climbing out with a window in his pants and (laughs) running down the ladder at sort of high speed.
0: Is that, um, yeah, yeah, that's that's pop performer, I assume, isn't it? Or is it later on in this film? It's in this film, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, because they've got the it's just it
1: it doesn't really fit in, it's just kind of put in there. Like, I guess I thought it was such a good
0: little scene. It's just these randy window cleaners, they're all the same. So, uh, right, okay, so who have we got next?
1: Um. Oh, I don't know what her name is, but he's in. It just suddenly cuts to him in bed with this woman.
0: Um, is it Olivia Mundy? Uh,
1: is that the one with the, with the tiger rug?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. curly, curly black hair. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, so again, it just kind of. St- the scene just starts with them in bed. It's kind of like, there's no kind of build up. Um, and there's a bit of business where they think the husband's. Timmy thinks the husband's coming home, so he hides under a tiger rug. Yes, floor. um yeah, business of being trodden on and, um it turns out the man isn't her husband, but a landlord, I think
0: is there a suggestion she's a bit of a prostitute?
1: <laughs> well, she says that's how he likes to be paid,
0: <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> um, um she's Brenda, so what is significant about Olivia Mundy in terms of Other than being in this film, she plays quite a, in terms of the Confessions, I don't know, folklore, the Confessions legacy. What is she famous for? Go on. She's on the cover of the book.
1: Oh, wow. Okay.
0: Um, Yeah, and she's, so she was using the publicity. I've got a, a copy of Titbits magazine. Well, as you know, I've got numerous copies of Tidbits magazine. Yes. Um, and for she, research purposes. For research purposes. And again, that image or a variation of the image is on the cover. Um, I've actually got... Robin's actually signed it for me, which is very nice. Nice. Um, she's also in... Um, she's got quite a significant part in Keep It Up Downstairs.
1: Yes, okay.
0: Which... I'm not over the moon with that film. Um, I find, you know, we've talked about things that maybe should seem a bit weird or creepy in this film, but it's done really tastefully. Um, it's, I would say it's, that's a bit of a weird one. Um, Jack Wilde? Yeah.
1: I mean, the fact yeah. that it's just Jack Wilde is just weird because he's like a child actor, you know? And yeah. And still, he
0: still no. looks
1: like a child actor in that film, but with a moustache, yeah. you know? Yes, stuck on.
0: it's... Um, there's, there's, we need to cover that. There's lots to discuss. Yeah. Um, in that. So yeah. She, she, so she's in that. So yeah. Um, I'm just looking up the. I mean, actually cut that out because I don't, I don't wanna. it be so obvious that I'm just sitting on IMDb. But um. The the landlord, the guy who plays the landlord, very recognisable, but he is. I'm not yes, really. I
1: thought
0: that. Yeah. Not, not really aware of him. I think he's just somebody who turned up in a few. It comes here and here and now.
1: There's so many of those. It's, oh, that's him. What's his name from this, that and the other, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seventies is full of them.
0: So, yeah, so he's under the... Does he get trodden on when he's under the tiger? Yeah, he
1: does, yeah. Uh, And again, the whole (laughs) thing ends up with them not actually
0: shagging. So, I feel like you're taking me down a path whereby you suggest the whole film is a metaphor for you know, sexual frustration.
1: Well, uh, kind of, yeah. I just want to read a, a quote from David McGillivray's book, um, Doing Rude Things. Um, he says, when I re- reviewed the first film in the series, Confessions of a Window Cleaner, I marvelled that three successive gags ended in the same payoff, getting caught in the act. That's <laughs> so true, yeah. So these first ones we're discussing, everyone ends with being caught in the act, so to speak. Yes, um, which is a staple of this sort of film, isn't it? Yeah, you know, that's why we love it. Yeah, well, it?
0: that's that's often where the the comedy element will come in. You know, like Bill yeah. Pertwee with the javelin, and um...
1: yeah, and that's what made Sex Thief a bit kind of weird, isn't it? Because it was almost the opposite in Sex Thief. In that I've had you've, you know they they actually just get down to it
0: i've had some very concerned and sympathetic caring messages from people who basically feel that you coerced me into admitting that i like the sex thief <laughs> so i'm i'm calling it out now did did you did you do that purposely
1: what
0: coerce me into yeah. seeing i like the I, sex I, thief
1: i've been grooming you for <laughs> oh, to, 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 this... to, to like that film. This is all this has been about. <laughs> right.
0: Back to the, back to the film. <laughs> back to Confessions of a Window Cleaner.
1: So, next to the counter, he goes to the Mrs. Villiers house. Of which Sid, Sid says to him, don't touch anything, especially not Mrs. Villiers.
0: Yes. And here uh, he meets her um, sort of. Married, I suppose, Opaired. Yeah. Um, Again, a bit of a, a bit of a staple of these.
1: Of course, yeah, the the sexy blonde sort of Swedish open. Yeah, I think she's she's supposed to be she's something, something European. Sc- definitely Scandinavian. Yeah, yes, Scandinavian. Um, and so she's got you know broken English, which results in loads of sort of double entendres, you know, misunderstandings of what yes. she's saying. Um And um, she gets she starts uh, teaching Timmy yoga.
2: had warned me about the next call. Villiers' house. mad, he said, wipe your feet, newspapers on the carpet, and you even have to wash your hands before you touch the soap. In fact, Sid said better be safe. Don't touch anything, and certainly not Mrs (coughs) Villiers, because her old man owned this block of flats we serviced. Uh, window cleaner. Please? Uh, windows. Ah, Mrs. Villiers instructed me to let you do it. Oh, did she now? You start up or down, please? Oh, that's up to Mrs. Villiers. Oh, it's no matter. She isn't on. Oh, well, I think I'd like to start at the top and work my way down. Top? Okay. Oh. This is Pop. No shoes here. You're kissing? Oh, no, it is so there's no dirt for our feet. Ah, and Mrs. Villiers say to use newspapers. Oh, she sounds like right clink to me. Yeah, what about that mirror, eh? Ah, Mrs. Villiers likes to see everything. Oh, you mean it's a two way? Please? A two way mirror. You know, one way you look in, and the other way you look out. Oh, I'm sorry, my English. Ah, well, say you and me were having it. No, not say that. No. Suppose you were lying there Starkers and
0: I'll start the windows. Okay. Yeah.
2: if um, she's trying
1: to do it is sort of tight dead flares, which she's
0: is when you see her doing sort of these weird sort of contortionist type things, and that's obviously the the implication that she's gonna be, you know, wildly sort of flexible and, you know, yeah. in, in beneath the sheets. Is that actually the actress, or is that a double, do you think?
1: I think it's probably the actress. She looks quite lithe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So the actress is Anita Graham. Yes. Um, Who I think, I mean, obviously she's got credits to her name, but I think theatre's been more her domain. Um, So she's definitely in some of the um, sort of post-confessions, Asquith players. I f right. I can't say which, which one. Yeah. She's definitely oh she was definitely in Run for Your Wife. Um she turns up a lot in there's this this one um <laughs> a bed full of foreigners. Um <laughs> so I'm desperately trying to get hold of a script for that. Um oh, God. but she turns she so, turns up in that quite a bit.
1: Yeah. Just that title's giving me P Yeah,
0: like there's that. some there's some there's some very um um, curious, questionable <laughs> covers with various, you know, uh, stereotypes. Yeah, on the I,
1: I, I can picture it now. <laughs> um, so this ends with them being caught by the fearsome Mrs. Villiers. Yeah, by, by Melissa Stribling who, Yes, she's abs- uh, she, she make, uh, she's brilliant in this film. She's brilliant.
0: yeah she, she. I mean, she she's actually quite scary. I find. Yeah.
1: Um. And, uh, I think yeah. she's meant to be,
0: but yeah. she, she, bloody hell, she pulls it off.
1: So she sends Timmy away, you know, and he, he has to cycle home without any shoes on, doesn't he? Um. <laughs> it, it,
0: Sid's, react- Sid's reaction. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> he gets really irate, doesn't he? Oh, must say, never thought of you
2: in a gold cellar. How did you think of me? Well, you like everything so clean, don't you? Oh, child. T- You have a firm young body. Oh, no. The, 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 the top's come off. Look, the bar! Ah! Oh. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. It, it sort of came off in my hands. You're just a dirty little boy, aren't you? Oh, d- don't worry. It's only coal. Oh, uh, look, look, Here, let me put it on for you. Stay where you are. You're filthy. Oh, rinse off? You're not gonna walk through my house like that. Oh, of course not. I'll take my shoes off. You'll take your clothes off. Pardon? Every stitch. Off. Then we'll give you a bath. Ah, oh, now wait a minute. All I is a tap. I mean, there must be one in the garden. I uh, hope you're not gonna cause me more trouble. No, of course not. All I'm saying is if we put newspapers on the carpet, surely that Are you right. refusing to take a bath? Yes. Uh, n- n- no, I'll take one when I get home. Oh, well, if you're going to behave like a child, you just have to treat you like one. Uh, well,
4: well, what are you doing?
0: I'm
1: undressing you. Not get up. Um, Which Oh
0: yeah, what were you going to say? Well, we'll come to it in a sec. So he he goes back, cap in hand. To Mrs Villiers' house.
1: Yes, Sid makes him go round and she tells him she wants a light bulb changing in the coal cellar. So while Timmy's, you know,
3: <laughs>
1: sort of, he falls back in the coal and then suddenly Mrs Villiers starts saying how dirty he looks. And she needs to take his clothes off and bathe him. <laughs> Timmy's frightened for his life.
0: And he likes it, doesn't he?
1: Yeah. Uh, and yeah, yeah. Uh, So he legs it home. Uh, Before that, he's accidentally ripped off her skirt. I think that's what started the whole sequence. (laughs) Does
0: does he scramble out the? uh, Yeah, the sort of coal hole. Coal hole. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Yeah, he sort of scrambles up the coal. (laughs) Um, So she is a person of interest. um, This actress, Melissa Stribling. Her husband and he he'd already passed by this point is the director Basil Dearden um who did i think he did a few like ailing type stuff and then some more gritty stuff um he did victim i think with i think Dirk Bogarde yes Dirk Bogarde um but their son James Dearden um directed i think he wrote um he wrote the original screenplay for Fatal Attraction.
1: Oh, okay, wow. Well so, he got pedigree, didn't he, I suppose.
0: Yeah. Uh, and he's in they've they sort of rebooted that for T V and he's of involved. Have. Yeah. He's involved in that. And again, coming full circle, just this week, Mr. Asquith on the set of the Madame Blanc Mysteries, um has had his has had his hair done a la Michael yes, Douglas. Yes, I saw
1: that.
0: Yeah. No, no. <laughs> See, it's just it's just one big confession circle.
1: I mean, speaking of reboots, I mean, surely it's time Confessions was rebooted for TV, right? Come on, Netflix.
0: Let's it do could it. Could work. Yeah. No. Yeah, <laughs> we're on board. I mean, I'll do it for free. I mean, I don't mean the uh, the lead protagonist. I think I'm. A, I'd I'd have to get in shape for that, and uh, you know, lose about twenty years. But um, you could be dad. Sad. You know what? Sadly, you're right. Um, probably about the size of uh, Bill Maynard. Uh, I, I could
1: be Richard Wattis.
0: <laughs> yeah, but then, but would you make it more ambiguous as to whether you were her, like dad, you know,
1: stroke f- husband, stroke lover? Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, well, you could be Bob Todd.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll certainly Bob Todd. Um, so there's a lot of uh, before the next. There's a, quite a nice little scene after this where. Um, basically Sid comes home and Rosie and mum are all like dressed up drinking tea um, and he's thinking why are you all dressed up, doled up and it turns out they're all dressed up because they've had the window clean around
0: <laughs> yeah it's quite good that's quite subtle isn't it because
1: yeah. earlier, they, earlier they established because um, dad has a go at Sid but never clean the windows and he goes that wouldn't be professional you know, bringing the work home <laughs> um, and, yeah, there, and again he, no. it, just following on from the scene there, there is actually a scene where Sid flirts with Elizabeth on the doorstep so that must be the beginnings of the uh, you yeah, know, the finale
0: Is that where he alludes to knowing her from the school? Yes,
1: that's where he alludes Yeah. Um, uh,
0: presumably he um, did the windows
1: That's probably what it was yeah, yeah and there's another great little bit, bit after this where Elizabeth goes and Timmy comes back and goes out looking for her and he thinks he sees her. He sees a policeman walking along. Um, so he runs up, puts her arm around her, and the woman turns around. And of course, it's some sort of, shall we say, not very attractive woman who <laughs> stares back at him.
0: <laughs> there's some curious... Um, sorry to sort of go all pompous again, as is my one, but during that scene that you're talking about, there's some kind of curious, some quite good sort of Cinematography, for want of a better word, you know, yeah. quite like long shots of sort of dark, dark streets with you know, billboards in the background, and yeah, almost like artistically done.
1: Now, there's a scene following on from that where Timmy runs into a guy on a bike, and I thought the guy on the bike was Rocky Taylor, you know, the stuntman, yeah. So I looked him up, and it's not, it's some guy I've never heard of called Fred Haggerty. Right. Who's another stuntman? But his um, uh, resume is incredible. So after uh, Window Cleaner, he was in Pink Panther Strikes again. Then he's in The Spy Who Loved Me as a henchman. He's in another Pink Panther film. He's in loads of stuff. I thought, wow, what a, you know, this, this one little guy in this film had this amazing career being in all these sort of, you know, quite big budget films.
0: Yeah. Um, so Fred Haggerton he will probably turn up at one of these uh, film fairs that we were both at the uh, other week.
1: Possibly not, because he died in two thousand two. but yeah, he's that type, you know. Yeah, he could. He would have made a good, good living at one of those film fairs. Yeah, know, definitely. Being in all Rock, these, Rock. you know, confessions, James Bond, Pink Panther films, incredible, Blake Seven, all the, all the cult stuff, you know. So there's there's one more um, key sort of scene with the birds uh, which is a bit of an odd one I think with Judy Matheson yeah again I don't think it sits that well in the film I don't think this scene what do you think
0: um, again it's 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 straight from the text as my English teacher would say um, so it's 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 in the book so um, he
1: turns up and Judy Matheson answers the door and you know, she's a bit of a miserable bit, isn't she?
0: The character, you mean? Yeah, the,
1: the character. Yeah, just to be clear, the character. Yeah. yeah. Um. And, you know, it's, it's kind of a bit. It turns a bit kitchen sinky, doesn't it? It's kind of a bit, goes a bit sort of serious this bit.
0: Yeah, it's. Um...
1: It doesn't really fit well with the rest of the film, I find.
0: It's not a hugely. I mean, I've got to say, Robert and Judy look great together. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's it's not a particularly funny scene, actually. No, because um, she's saying, and...
1: she starts crying, and she's saying that she calls her partner Ronnie, uh, you know, doesn't like her, or whatever. She wants to make her jealous, so she contrives the classic, you know, well, let her catch us, let him catch us, you know, in bed together. Yeah, you know,
0: yeah. You... Yeah, so I mean, the the payoff is Ronnie is a is a is a woman. Yeah,
1: kind of like a, 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 a butch lesbian sort of woman, she. Like
0: it. Yeah, it's it's one of the few. I mean, no, I, mean I, I was about to say it's one of the few sort of dated stereotype gags in in these films. There, I don't think there are loads. I mean, obviously we have you know you have a camp a camp person, and there's a couple of dodgy racial jokes in the fourth film yeah but but yeah, yeah i know what you mean it's um again coming back to sort of classic imagery related to the film that that picture you mentioned of john Lemez uh nick and robin yeah as much as that's only brief and fleeting it it turns up a lot online likewise f- uh photos of Robin and, and yeah. Judy Matheson. It's one of the it, lobby that, cards. That picture. Yeah, exactly. Yes, uh, that turns up quite a bit, uh, but um, it's just not, The scenes are sort of funny. You know, for me, it's just. Is it meant to be?
1: Well, I, I, it's a comedy film, so yeah, it should be, shouldn't it? I can see where they're going with it, but it just doesn't. It does, doesn't work for me. That scene.
0: Yeah,
1: it's a shame they couldn't give uh, Judy Matheson a bit, you know, more, you know, better part.
0: Yeah, um, I'm certainly not going to complain about yeah uh, you know, Judy being in the film. She had <laughs> she had yeah you know, she, she adds value, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a it's a slightly odd thing. I don't think it's I don't think it hugely unsettled anything though.
1: Well, you know, it does me. It's almost as unsettling as Richard Richard Wattis, but.
0: Oh, you you're very morose today. <laughs> but no. Uh
1: so yeah, so that's that's basically the the um the, the birds,
0: various birds. Yeah. Timmy's birds.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Timmy's like Sydney, he'll go off anything.
0: <laughs> so um there is another woman who turns up. I I think so. There's a scene with Timmy and Elizabeth in the cinema.
1: Oh, the woman woman next to him. Yes.
0: Yeah, I mean, she must she must have the most credits of any actress in the '60s and '70s. Marianne Stone.
1: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's very familiar. Again, one of those faces. Think God, she's in everything
0: she turns up in absolutely everything uh, and again i don't i might be wrong but i don't think she's with us now oh,
1: okay. um oh, unfortunately the age of the films we're talking about there's quite a lot of those i mean there's still quite a yeah. lot of people around but you know obviously a lot of these people aren't with us anymore
0: she um well what's his name robins the uh, the only one of the family left
1: I know, yeah. I mean,
0: he was relatively young, is not he? Bit of trivia about Marianne Stone. Yep. Um, her daughter is a DJ, Cara Noble, and she was, quote-unquote, cast into the radio wilderness after selling topless photographs of the Countess of Wessex. <laughs> wow. Um, is that Camilla.
1: No, that's the...
0: I'm joking, I'm joking. The gag was going to be, because I've got to get hold of them. But anyway, um, yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. My my, my comedy genius is is wasted on you. It's lost.
1: Lost on me. (laughs) It really is. (laughs) I'm Ernie Wise to your Eric Walken.
0: (sighs) Yes, that's a a good... The the comparison is uh, exact. Um, Well, thank you for...
1: Tommy Cannon to your Bobby Ball.
0: I'm more comfortable with that. Well, we've already done the little and large thing, haven't we? i uh,
1: Mike Winters to your Bernie Winters.
0: <laughs> your your schnorbits to to my Bernie Winters, <laughs> yeah. more like. Um,
1: so, something else that makes the film spectacular is the music.
0: Yeah. Soundtrack. Um, yeah, it's I. I mean, you've got the you've got the theme tune. The This yeah. Is Your Life, Timmy Lee, um, that's written by a famous songwriting duo, um, Lennon McCartney. <laughs> more more famous <laughs> oh, than them.
3: Okay.
0: So, This Is Your Life, Timmy Lee, is written by Roger Cook and Roger Greenaway, who are an extremely were an extremely um, successful songwriting partnership and they did collaborate you know with you know as a as a couple with others um and 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 separately they they wrote the original the original song that was eventually turned into i'd like to teach the world to sing so the song the song they wrote was was different yeah um and then it was adapted but so they, they get a credit they get a credit for that um let me see. They did a, did a few. That's probably the most famous one. Uh, da, 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 da. They collaborated with the Hollies. Long, cool woman in a black dress. Nice. Um, Sunny, honey, girl by Cliff Richard. I know you're a big fan. Um, so yeah, they were they were quite a big deal. Um, and then throughout
1: the film, we get the the sort of variations of the sort of theme as an instrumental it's like slow speeded up it's, it's, it's
0: really nice but, but then you've also got this fuzzy electric guitar sound
1: yes yeah. It's, it's quite a funky soundtrack isn't
0: it it was the soundtracks by a guy called Sam Sclare. and what was it um,
1: composed especially for the film or was it library music
0: no, it's, it's it's especially for yeah. the film. So he he's doing this very fuzzy, quite unusual guitar sound throughout and it's often to the tune of this is your life, Timmy Lee. But then you've got that um you know the da 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 and it's that it's that fuzzy I mean obviously you'll have to uh, splice it in if you can. But that, that fuzz guitar, and it's a guy called yeah. Sam Sam Sclare. Wow. Um, who he was obviously from a, a, a I think a European background, but born in Newcastle. Uh, he's still around, I think, and he lives in South South Africa. Wow! Uh, but he was he's he's on discogs and stuff like that. The Sam Schlar Quartet, Sam Schlar Sextet. So he's a a multi instrumentalist. Um, so quite an unusual. I don't think he did much of this stuff. So quite an unusual fit. Um, so it just adds another interesting sort of dimension layer to the film.
1: Yeah, it does. It, it certainly, I mean, it, it just adds to the, yeah, the, the the quality of the film, really, class, yeah, compared yeah, to
0: def- the other exactly, yeah. genre.
1: Um, so was it any good? So, unfortunately, it, it, got, it gets lumped in with the rest of these sort of films in, in the critical appraisal of the time. Uh, you know, words like tawdry and vulgar just get bandied around for this stuff. Of... I don't think the reviewers actually watched them properly. To be honest, they just no wrote a, uh, another you know vulgar entry in the tedious you know sex comedies. You know, it, it, uh, there, there's hardly any good reviews from the from the time, is there?
0: Um, yeah, just that's just lazy critique, in my opinion um and it's almost if i was if i was um privileged enough to be paid to review films my mindset wouldn't be to go into a film wanting to hate it wanting to not like it my mindset would be going in with you know wanting to like the film and and essentially giving it a fair hearing and i don't think any of the reviewers at the time did um and and, and i think it's is a big word i think it's disingenuous that sort of carry-ons at the time and you know as do you we both love the carry-on films so i'm not having a pop at them but i think it's disingenuous to kind of give a really sort of cozy you know thumbs up to carry-on films at the time and then and then slate this because they're not you know in in many in many ways they're not really that that far apart, and in some instances these are better with than some of them
1: oh, Pete, do you need to take some pills? I'm not rant? trying to incite
0: <laughs> well, but it's true though, Calm isn't down.
1: it? No, 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 I know what you mean I'm sorry I know what you mean, uh, it, it's true um, all these films, we've I've never seen one good review um, I mean e- even more contemporary reviewers kind of slate them um, What's that one from Kim Newman I was looking at? He gives it one star. You know, Who's she? Kim Newman. Oh, uh, that's really
0: lazy. Sorry. Yeah, I know what you mean.
1: <laughs> um, but anyway, it's uh, it goes on. It pretty much says the same sort of things they were saying in those days. I just want to say uh, Kim Newman ends his review by saying these are one star films and proud of it. I mean, nobody sets out to make a one star film, do they? That's
0: just lazy criticism if you ask me yeah you know, and this is this is why i think you know podcasts like this um books like you know david mcgillivray's and um simon's you know bible um are important to to reset the balance we're, we're not sat here i'm gonna have another rant we're not sat here saying these are misunderstood masterpieces by any stretch but there there is merit in 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 these films and confessions of a window cleaner is just as good as if not better than many of the 1970s uh spin-off comedies that we've 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 talked about it's definitely better because most of them aren't aren't very good there's a handful of of exceptions exactly so um Yeah, like you say, lazy lazy criticism.
1: And, yeah, the carry-ons are starting to be more critically appraised, but, you know, carry-ons are done to death, aren't they? Everyone talks about carry-ons, but these these films are less talked about, aren't they? Uh,
0: This is what I don't get. I don't get why two inherently similar beasts are viewed so differently. Exactly, it yeah. just doesn't. It doesn't feel fair, actually, and I'm, I'm. I know that sounds a bit dramatic, but just. It just feels unfair. But I think that's. That's come. To, you know that that is sadly part of the 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 the, the, the confessions, legacy. I've got to say, um, you know, immensely popular, at the you know immensely popular at the cinema. You know, huge releases on VHS. God, they, they were re released and re released on VHS numerous times. Presumably because the salt, um, when they've been shown on, you know, telly in the in in the nineties, early noughties, whatever. Huge hits, loads of people saying, you know, why haven't these films been shown for so long? Um, yet, yet somehow, the the millions of people who really enjoy these films and really like them, somehow we've we've all got it wrong. And you know the, the the critics are right, so yeah, annoying
1: yeah here um thank you so nineteen seventy four just uh worry, talking about that year, it was actually quite a strong year for the sex comedy, um because as well as this, you had Percy's Progress starring Lee Lawson, which again was quite a quite a big budget film, yeah, um you have uh, can you keep also, up? Also,
0: also starring uh, Judy Matheson.
1: Yes, yes. Can you keep up for a week, starring Robin Asquith's mate Jeremy Bullock, um, which is for me it's a, quite a masterpiece of the genre. Um, <laughs> and Eskimo Nell, which is often described as the the Citizen Kane of the sex comedy, isn't
0: it? It certainly is. Um, um, with with justification.
1: Um, Eskimo, Eskimo Nell. We'll talk about it one day but it's unusual because it's kind of taking the piss out of that old genre even then isn't it
0: yeah to 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 to, uh, to 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 much success i would say
1: yeah and uh so they're they're the sort of big guns and but we also at the other end we have the dreaded amorous milkman <laughs> <laughs> oh was that
0: 1974 i thought that might yeah. be earlier actually no it's the
1: same year um I guess it's you know carrying on the theme of the you know window cleaner, milkman, plumbers. Yeah, it's yeah. all you know, they're all at it. And then you've got the <laughs> one of the most. This really is a dreadful film, starring uh, Roger Lloyd Pack, A.K.A. Trigger.
0: Oh, what's what's it called again?
1: Confessions of a Sex Maniac.
0: Yeah, I think
1: that was mis- actually renamed after Confessions of a Window Cleaner came out. It's so not the original title.
0: All oh, right.
1: Um, it, it's not as sinister as it sounds either. It's about: an is arch-
0: that, I've seen that, but I can't remember it. Is it,
1: it The basic plot is that he's an architect, uh, and he's trying to make a house in the shape of a woman's boob, and he has to goes around trying to find the perfect boob.
0: It's a bit neat well, Somebody, somebody, <laughs> <laughs> somebody funded that. Jesus Christ!
1: I know, it's crazy. Can you it?
0: imagine the pitch?
1: <laughs> so yeah. So anyway, so it's quite a big, big year for the sex comedy. There's lots, lots going on there.
0: The, the, I think the, you know, obviously the 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 big studios announced when they were make it when 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 they'd started work on films and that a film was in the make yeah. in the making um and i think there was probably a, there was obviously a lot of people quickly rushing to to cash in basically definitely
1: definitely yeah um so now who who are going to have a bit of fun um so apparently according to Greg Smith the producer of Confessions mhm he said that the following people all turned down the role of Timmy Lee. Dennis Waterman, Richard O'Sullivan, and Richard Beckinsale. So, would they have been a fit, these people? What do you think? Um, Dennis Waterman, definitely not. That would have been a whole different beast, if Dennis Waterman was Timmy Lee.
0: I don't think Dennis Waterman had found his sort of... Comedy chops by then. No,
1: but this is did almost. Make... When did Sweeney start?
0: Same year, seventy-four. Yeah,
1: so there's no way he could have been Timmy Lee. He's too much of a tough man, isn't
0: he? And I hate to say this, he was probably just a, a year or two too old yeah, by then. Certainly. Um, and I, th- I think you know, Robin was possibly older than the role he's playing, but he's because he's boyish. He was, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, he's boyish, and uh, you wouldn't have described Dennis Walkman in 1974 as boyish. No.
1: Richard O'Sullivan? Again, I don't think he would have had that innocent sort of manner that Robin brought to it.
0: Well, you know, Man About the House started in, what, 1973? Yeah. He's got, he's got grey hair then, and I don't mean <laughs> that in an age, ageist yeah. way, but he genuinely has salt-and-pepper yeah. hair then. So, again he he this it wouldn't have worked.
1: No. I think Richard Beckins. As, as
0: fabulous as he is.
1: Yeah, no. He wouldn't have, I think Beckinsale would have done it.
0: <sighs> he would have had to this sounds like nitpicking. He would have had to do a southern accent.
1: Ah, uh, okay. Was he was he
0: right. He's yeah. he, he he's probably <sighs> I suspect sort of Midlands, Derbyshire way. Yeah. I might be wrong. I think he is, um, yeah. and that feels like that feels like him. That feels part of him. So to to see him, do, I don't know. But you're right. I think out of all of them, he's he at, certainly at that stage still had that boyishness. Yeah. Maybe could have. It, it possibly could have worked. Yeah, but, um,
1: but they turned it down, so we have got Robin. Thank the Lord for
0: that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, yeah. You know, Robin's admitted himself um, that, you know, lots of people, lots of people didn't want to do it and turned it down. A um, couple of other names, you know, so we talked on the previous podcast how apparently there's a contract with Robin Nedwell's name on it. Yes,
1: yes. Um, Again, I think he uh, he looked a bit more grizzled, didn't he? Even then,
0: yeah. No, in Uh, a bad uh,
1: way. He just looked a bit more lived in his face.
0: Yeah, Um, and we obviously made the gag in the previous podcast that maybe they just (laughs) maybe the uh, the uh, courier delivery boy just took the (laughs) got the Robin, but no, it 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 wouldn't. It's a, a thought that did occur to me. Obviously, our Robin, as in Robin Asquith. Um, played Mike in the big screen version of Bless This House. I wonder if Robin Stewart from Bless This House it was ever there. in there. I um, mean, it,
1: from, what, from what I read about this whole genre, I mean, all these names are always buzzing around every role that came up, you know, at yeah. this time.
0: N- Nicky Henson?
1: Yeah, you know, Highwell Bennett would have been probably around
0: in the. Maybe, maybe getting on a bit by then, though. Yeah. Speaking of Howell Bennett, can I seamlessly segue into some trivia? Yeah. So, John Lemesire also appears with Robin in Stand Up Virgin Soldiers. Yes. Which is is a sequel to yep. the original uh, Virgin Soldiers, and and Robin is playing the the role played by Howell Bennett.
1: Well,
0: wow. that is a good segue. Uh, <laughs> and. The role that John Lemez plays in stand-up Virgin Soldiers was played in the original film by a fella called Michael Gwyn, and he appears in the same episode of the TV show The Main Chance that Robin appears in.
1: Wow. It's just so yeah. incestuous, isn't
0: it? It is. <laughs> um, I, this is the kind of stuff that keeps me awake at night, to be honest. Um <laughs> Another question for you: Who was Susan George's body double in Straw Dogs? Wasn't
1: Judy Matheson, was
0: it? Nope.
1: Helen Mirren. Judy Dench. Sue Long.
0: No, <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. Leave Leave Dame Judy out of this. No, it was Sue Longhurst.
1: Oh wow! Okay.
0: And and actually, in terms of her credits, she must be one of the most prolific in this.
1: genre. She's in
0: absolutely tons. See, in Um, in
1: another but for small quirks of fate, I think Susan George would have ended up in this type of film if she hadn't, you know, gone a certain way in her career but she was around you know, of that. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. These little quirks of fate you get in your career but she's someone who would have probably ended up in films like this if she hadn't have had the, you know, well she went in
0: you know judy geeson did end up in these films yeah yeah so like do you know what i mean that's the kind of that is the flip side so yeah that 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 i would know, say s- that
1: someone like linda hayden was doing very similar roles to susan george in the late 60s yeah you know, yeah but they're, you know the careers just veered off in different directions
0: i and i don't mean this in a um what's the word i'm looking for um sort of sexual way. I would I would take Linda Hayden over Susan George every day of the week.
1: You don't mean that in a sexual way?
0: No. I'm talking about as a, as an actress.
1: What, take her out,
3: you
0: know. To, no Feds. Come on, Fed, stop being silly. I, I literally mean if I have if I'm casting a, it's nineteen seventy four and I'm casting a film um, and I've got the option of Susan George and the producers, the executive producers are saying you've got to go with Susan, she's the best, blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. I'd I'd have I'd have given them a Sid James two fingers V sign, and said no, I'm I'm holding out for Hayden. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, I do
1: know what you mean. Well said.
0: Thank you. <laughs> um,
1: so, shall we conclude well, our discussion? Well.
0: I've got one more bit of absolutely pointless trivia that will, will not change your life for the better in any way. <clears throat> so, you know, when, you know, Timmy, uh, new to the game of window cleaning, we assume, yet he's already doing um, multi-story blocks in one of those weird lifts.
1: Yes, yeah, the self kind of pulley. You pull, pull yeah. yourself up on the
0: lift, yeah. Which yeah seems a bit dangerous for somebody so new to the profession, but anyway. <laughs> and he um, he he gives that old the old girl a bit of a treat, and he presses his his chest up against the window. Yes. It's, it's... And it's it's an old deer and she starts yeah spilling a tea all over the place. Well, that is an actress called Totney Truman Taylor. And she was the first person to play. Aunt Sally, on telly. In a series called Wurzel Gummidge Turns Detective," in nineteen fifty-three.
1: Wow, so this is obviously predates predates the Pertwee one. I yes. Had no idea there was a one before Pertwee, but wow.
0: Uh, um, there was there was radio versions as well.
1: Ah, okay, okay. Well, there you go.
0: So and and then obviously Aunt Sally in the Pertwee version was played by Una Stubbs, who played. Um, Rita, is it in Till Death Us Do Part with Dandy Nichols and Tony Booth?
1: Wow, who was and she was married to Nikki Henson, who was another ah. name. Who was another name who was at Eslie in the running for this
0: yeah. role? Yeah, who is you know, the the your favorite your favorite Bond that never was?
1: Second favorite after Gareth Hunt.
0: Gareth Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd have preferred Kenny Lynch. Yeah. So after the hospital scene, um, we see in the final moment we see Timmy back at the at the, the depot, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he's got a cigar. Yeah, he's, he's, he's acting the big, the big
1: man because he's in charge
6: now,
0: isn't he? He's doing the big mogul thing. Yeah. Um. And then he's got this young apprentice, and he, he he's he's basically morphed into Sid, hasn't he? Yeah. And the the new
1: apprentice is a sort of prototype. Timmy Lee I suppose
0: yes he kind sort of, of looks young, a bit more nerdy shaggy haired stud yeah yeah, yeah. glasses isn't he um, and then do they go after a girl at the end or is that in the next film
1: well he cycles off and then Robin catches the other girl and it ends with him sort of chatting to the girl and it pulls back and they're walking down Boringwood High Street aren't they
0: ah
1: but it's just I just wanted to mention that end because it's the other films kind of tease what the next film's going to be about, don't they? Uh,
0: this one doesn't. It, ah. Because at the end I of
1: Pop Performer, it... they talk about being driving instructors, don't they? And then at the end of Driving Instructor, it's they they look at the poster of the holiday cab, don't they?
0: Uh and then at the end of the holiday camp, he mentions about being a plumber. Yeah, yeah. Because allegedly yeah. there was confessions of a plumber's yeah. mate. Um So this one's oh, just made, have...
1: made as if it's there's no sort of sequel. You know what I mean? Even though obviously there is.
0: The intention was to do driving instructor next. Ah. But you you don't think there's any visual clues to no, that? No, I don't
2: think so. No. And remember. In our business, you've got to be immune from shocks, especially from birds. As long as they're satisfied customers, they bring in the new ones, right?
4: Right. Right.
2: If you ever want your windows cleaned. I live on a houseboat. Fair enough. I might even do your porthole for nothing. <laughs> yeah.
1: So to conclude, what do we think?
0: Uh, I think it's I think it's a I think it's a very good a very good uh, British comedy film. I think it's got a bit of a coming of age, no pun intended, coming of age aspect to it. A la here we go around the mulberry bush and like even Gregory Girl Gregory's Girl later on in a standalone context. It is... Isn't my favourite of the of the films. Um, it's at best my third favourite, mm-hmm. possibly fourth favourite actually.
1: Wow. Maybe it's, find, it's finding its feet, isn't
0: it? Well, that that's kind of partly it. I think the 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 scene is set, but I think they I think come the next film, like everyone's really clear about what what the film wants to be and. What the characters are and what the dynamics are. Yeah. So yeah, I, I do think there's an element of that.
1: I agree with you. It's a very well-made comedy, and I think it's unfairly lumped in with quite a lot of the other sex comedies. Uh, this is just more of a straightforward comedy film, I think. And the, yes. you know, the, the sex, sexy parts are kind of incidental. But they're, as we've discussed, they're, they're part of the fabric of the film. You know, they're not just there for gratuity, are they?
0: No, it's. Um and like i said at the i think I said at the beginning it's only it's only on recent rewatches that I've fully appreciated that those those sex scenes are are part of the comedy not not in addition to the comedy yes. um for you know uh, thrills and spills purposes so to speak um and and i think that that was an extremely clever move on i think you know i think that was Robin Asquith's input actually yeah. in terms of saying you know we're, we're gonna do this for laughs. Um and obviously the, the 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 filmmakers went with it and I think that I think that serves the films really well because um, it, it adds to the it adds to the comedy it it it, it doesn't it, it it therefore doesn't make them feel particularly sleazy or seedy and frankly some of the imitations when they suddenly have these you know, unexpected and in, on some occasions quite full-on sort of almost porno scenes well it it yeah it does it does it is seedy and it you know, it feels seedy and these films are totally excused from any of that um because they set out to make like you say nobody sets out to make a one-star film they set out to make a good film and, and they did and it shows yeah, yeah absolutely made
1: super thank you pete
0: Thank you, mate. It's been a, um,
1: a, a full and frank discussion.
0: It has. We've really had a mass mass debate about this, haven't yeah, we?
1: certainly have. Um, so a joke never gets that, old.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no. Uh, yeah, this this whole podcast is basically about um, <laughs> flog, flogging jokes to death. Um, so, yeah, thanks for thanks for going through it with me, um, and I will catch you on the next one. We and in terms of the next one, hmm, wow. to be. We to be see. confirmed. We shall see.
1: Thank you,
0: Pete. Thank you, Mate. She's on-
6: she's mine all mine and there doesn't seem a way that she won't come and lose my mind it's too easy humming songs to a girl in yellow dress it's been a long time since the party and the room is in a mess the four kings of emi are sitting stately on the floor shortly have to leave Why don't you be-